Welcome to The Refresh from Insider, presented by WebEx by Cisco. I'm Rebecca Ibarra. And I'm Dave Smith, bringing you real-time news, fresh like live radio, but on demand like podcasts. Here's the latest. Ukraine's President Volodymyr Zelensky will address Congress this morning at 9 a.m. Eastern. He'll likely ask for more help, specifically military aid, which President Biden has been cautious in providing. Biden has said he doesn't want to cause World War III. Biden has signed a bill authorizing $13.6 billion for Ukraine and is expected to announce an immediate $800 million in support shortly after the speech. We'll update you right here as soon as Zelensky speaks. Peace talks between Russia and Ukraine are scheduled to resume today. Overnight, Zelensky said the discussions are sounding more, in his words, realistic. But he said Ukraine needs time to make sure any decisions out of the talks will be in the interest of Ukraine. No specifics have been released. The Russian TV editor who burst onto the set of the country's leading TV news broadcast protesting the war has been released, at least for the moment. Maria Ovsianakova says she was interrogated for 14 hours with no sleep and fined a little under $300. However, she could still face up to 15 years in prison for so-called fake news, also known outside of Russia as telling the truth. Russia has yet to capture any of Ukraine's 10 largest cities. However, the capital, Kyiv, continues to be hit with shelling in residential areas, and the city is under curfew until at least tomorrow. Still, Zelensky is urging more world leaders to meet him in Kyiv, as the head of Poland, Slovenia, and the Czech Republic did yesterday. The number of internally displaced people in Ukraine has now reached another grim milestone. 3 million people. UNICEF is describing the crisis in a new way. It estimates that one Ukrainian child is becoming a refugee every second. Spring forward and fall back may become phrases of the past because the Senate has unanimously passed the Sunshine Protection Act. This bipartisan bill would make daylight saving time permanent, which means no more miserably dark winter afternoons and no more changing the clocks twice a year. The U.S. tried to repeal this once before in the 70s, but people complained about their children going to school in the dark. If it passes the House and Biden signs it, the bill could go into effect in 2023. We're updating these headlines until 1 p.m. Eastern, so keep checking in. Coming up, we're talking ghost kitchens and how they're disrupting the restaurant industry. WebEx is driving hybrid work by ensuring almost anyone, almost anywhere, can be seen, heard, and have the ability to contribute equally. Learn more at webex.com slash hybrid work. The Federal Reserve is most likely going to increase interest rates for the first time since 2018 today. Expect a quarter point increase this week, then five or six more quarter point hikes throughout the year, then possibly three or four more next year. This means you'll be seeing higher rates for things like mortgages and credit cards. The Fed's goal is to offset soaring inflation, which has made essential goods like food and gas skyrocket in price, making it difficult for Americans to budget properly. 
Pentagon prosecutors may be working on a plea deal for Khalid Sheikh Mohammed and his four accomplices after they were accused of planning the 9-11 attacks that killed nearly 3,000 people. The New York Times reports the deal would let them plead guilty and avoid the death penalty. The five were charged in 2008, but pre-trial procedures have lasted over a decade. At issue is whether they could receive a fair trial after being tortured in secret CIA prisons. Mohammed was waterboarded 183 times. Just two months after Intel said it would build what might be the world's largest chipmaking facility in Ohio, the company says it's going to invest at least $36 billion into new semiconductor manufacturing and research plants in Europe. That includes new factories in Germany, an expansion to its facilities in Ireland and Poland, and new R&D labs in France and Spain. The global chip shortage, plus the rising tensions between the U.S. and China, have motivated efforts to spread production around the world. The drama at Disney continues. Employees are now planning a series of walkouts to protest the company and CEO Bob Chapek's slow response to Florida's Don't Say Gay bill. The bill would limit discussions of LGBTQ issues in schools. According to Bloomberg, they're planning a full-day walkout next Tuesday. They're demanding Disney stop giving donations to Florida lawmakers and stop relocating employees to the state. Chapek has belatedly condemned the bill and said the company will pause political controversy contributions in Florida. Pfizer has asked the FDA to approve a second COVID booster shot for people over 65. The company's CEO says he thinks the fourth shot will become more and more necessary as protection from the third dose wanes. The FDA will meet next month to discuss the possibility of extra shots. Ghost kitchens are taking the restaurant industry by storm. These bare-bones delivery-only kitchens backed by billions of dollars in funding are often hidden from the public eye in warehouses or trailers or parking lots. With no in-person dining, ghost kitchens can get food delivered much, much faster through apps like Uber Eats and DoorDash. But most people never know if their meals are coming from real restaurants or ghost kitchens. So the next time you order in Wendy's or from a local shop nearby, you might be getting food made by a ghost kitchen. Insider's Megan Morris reports on the tech industry. So Megan, ghost kitchens have existed for a handful of years now, but what's been going on in the industry lately? We're starting to see a parallel to the early days of Uber and Lyft. We have two big companies that are very well capitalized. They have boatloads of money behind them. That's SoftBank-backed Reef uh, and Cloud Kitchens, which was started by Uber's co-founders. But there are two really different models at play. Reef uh, licenses brands, so think Wendy's or other groups, and will sell that food out of its trailers prepared by its own staff. Cloud Kitchens is more like a WeWork where all of these companies operate their own kitchen base. And both of those have been expanding very quickly. Along the way, there's been some friction, though, uh, much like the early days of Uber and Lyft. Reef, for example, has been operating in dozens of cities without permits. Cloud Kitchens has run into some trouble with local government leaders in two cities, at least in Oakland and Chicago, aren't very happy with the way that they've introduced parking problems and litter and things like that to their neighborhoods. So who is actually keeping an eye on food safety and whether these places are meeting city health codes? Reef in particular, this is the SoftBank-backed company, has really struggled in the last couple of years with very fast expansion and not very much oversight. Customers have complained about things like raw chicken. We've published photos of um, chicken sandwiches that are pink in the middle. 
Um, and managers for these food trailers tell us that they just don't have the resources to do what they need. They don't have running water. So when they've needed to clean things, they have to open up bottles of Dasani and use that kind of water. We think that this fast expansion has just placed a lot of pressure on these kitchens to grow, grow, grow without kind of the requisite frameworks they need to operate like a normal uh, restaurant would. So is there any way for customers to know if they're dealing with a proper restaurant or a ghost kitchen? You have to do a lot of research to figure it out. Uh, You could type in the address um, of where DoorDash says your food is coming from and see if a lot of other brands pop up at the same space. But ultimately, this is a real problem for the restaurants that serve these foods because Wendy's doesn't want to be associated with raw chicken. And so... When consumers think that Wendy's is the problem, the reality could be that a a Reef employee is the one making the food uh, licensed through Wendy's, and it has nothing to do with Wendy's at all. So it seems like ghost kitchens have attracted a ton of investor dollars, but restaurants have notoriously thin margins, and ghost kitchens aren't exactly high-end places. So what exactly are the benefits of this business model? And similarly, or conversely, what are the weaknesses? Ghost kitchens for restaurant brands, whether they're big groups like fast food restaurants or small mom and pop chains um, or individual stores, they can be great places to experiment. Um, There are a lot of problems, though, for individual restaurants, especially local restaurateurs like Dave's Donuts or Megan's Muffins tell us it can be really hard for them to even break even, much less make a profit in these restaurants. Um, Cloud Kitchen says that it offers a lot of support to mom and pop restaurateurs, but People tell us inside the kitchens, the reality is a lot different. One salesperson told me that in three months, at 90% of his customers failed. They flopped uh, just in three months alone. So salespeople have told me at Cloud Kitchens that they've quit because they feel like there is an ethical issue of selling uh, mom and pop restaurateurs on a dream. And Cloud Kitchens so far hasn't lived up to the hype for many of them. So Megan, looking ahead... Do you think ghost kitchens are going to just be a fad that plays out, or do you think they're going to play a big role in the future of the food industry? I think ghost kitchens are here to stay, and we're in very early innings for this space. The pandemic has already transformed how we think about food, where we live, um, and how we access food. And I think that consumers' preferences have evolved, and people are trained now to expect food fast. Ghost kitchens are sort of like the pipes that make all that happen. Thank you so much for joining us on The Refresh, Megan. Thanks for having me. Now I'm hungry. Megan Morris writes tech investigations for Insider. Be sure to follow The Refresh from Insider on your favorite podcast apps, or better yet, go to insider.com slash the refresh to use our custom designed player. We also want to hear from you. Reach us at the refresh at insider.com. I'm Dave Smith. And I'm Rebecca Ibarra. Thanks for listening to The Refresh from Insider. Insider.